Duly Noted, a health and care podcast is the official podcast series of Duly Health and Care. Each podcast features physicians or team members discussing groundbreaking topics and innovations that help listeners reimagine and better understand an extraordinary health and care experience. June is National Men's Health Month, so we're discussing why navigating health is so important for men and how they can do that. Our guest, Dr. Michael Fitzgerald. He's a family medicine physician for Dewey Health and Care. This is Dewey Noted, a health and care podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Joey Waller. Hi, Dr. Fitzgerald. Thanks for joining us. Hey, good morning, Joey. So first, the CDC says women are 33% more likely than men to visit a doctor and 100% more likely to visit a doctor for annual exams. Now, those are some eye-opening stats. So from your experience, first, why do you suppose that is? Yeah, certainly some very interesting statistics. You know, I think men tend to be less focused on health as we'll tend to focus on other things in life. Certainly when we're younger, we feel well, we tend not to go to the physician. We get distracted by family commitments, work commitments, and so forth. And again, if you're feeling healthy, it's like, why go to the physician? But one thing I'm sure we'll talk about over the next few minutes is that it's almost as important, if not just as much so, to see a doctor when you are relatively healthy as when you're not, right? Yeah, Joey, good point. That's what we try to point out to the patients that we see. We want to catch things before you have any symptoms. That's when conditions are most treatable and we see the best outcomes. So very important to get in there before uh, you're feeling poorly. So one key here is, of course, establishing a relationship with a primary care physician and then maintaining that. So for men in particular, why is that so important? And when should scheduling that usually start from an age standpoint? So we like to see people established with a primary care physician in their early 20s, such that they can get to know the primary care physician, the primary care physician can get to know them. So you're really creating a relationship so that there can be collaboration throughout the course of your life with your health status and how you want to take care of yourself. And the physician then can really get to know you, understand your family history, and be more attentive to things that may be particular to you that we should be looking for. So we're talking typically then about a yearly checkup, right? Annual checkups, yes, exactly. You know, they'll go by multiple different names, uh, complete physical, annual well visits, routine health maintenance exam, but they're really all the same. We're looking for conditions that we should be screening for. And the CDC has recommendations. There's something called the United States Preventative Services Task Force. That's a mouthful, but they regularly update their recommendations and they're evidence-based so that we stay current with the conditions that we should be screening for. Gotcha. So is there anything men can do to prepare for their annual exam or physical beforehand? Another good question. Yeah, at times we will uh, draw labs prior to an exam based on standard screening recommendations, as well as if we are alerted to that the patient wants labs prior to the exam, we can look through their chart and recognize conditions that we've been following, and we can also add those to the labs to be prepared for the physical. So speaking of which, in addition to those annual physicals, what are some of the important screenings men should be aware of, especially as they start to get a little bit older? 
Yeah, so as they start to get older, you know, we really think of probably in the 40s and 50s, that's when a lot of our larger screenings come into play. You know, I always think of in your 40s, depending on your risk factors and such, we start to screen for prostate cancer. And that's done through a blood test called the PSA, prostate-specific antigen. And again, we'll start at age 40 for very high-risk individuals. Most patients need to be screened between the ages of 45 and 70. And then colon cancer screening. A couple different ways we can do that, but we encourage colonoscopies to start at age 45 for regular colorectal cancer screening. And then another one that I think we often forget about is lung cancer screening. And this should start at age 50 for people who have smoked more than 20 pack years in their life within the past 15 years or who are still currently smoking. So when we talk about screenings for the things you just covered, it seems like in recent years, doctor, there's been much more attention paid to that, say, in the media and with medical facilities stressing it as well. From your experience, are men heeding those warnings? Are they getting their PSA and their colon checked when they should? Or are there still people out there that are paying the price because they're not doing that? Yeah, I mean, I feel that there's certainly more people that are coming in on a regular basis, and we're happy to see that. But certainly, we still find people who have, for whatever reason, decided to wait until later. And that can be a little bit more challenging because we have a little bit of catch-up work to do. And going back to, we want to find conditions as soon as they may be present. So earlier, the better is what we'll always remind patients. Well, you mentioned some of those conditions that we just covered. Anything else that men are more susceptible to from an illness or condition standpoint than women since we're focusing today on men? Yeah, good point. So men will tend to smoke more than women and also tend to use more alcohol than women. So we'll see illnesses and conditions related to those two factors more often in men than than in women. How about a man's family history and lifestyle choices? Obviously, those are two very different things. One is kind of predetermined. The other is more within our control. What kind of a factor do those two things tend to play when we're talking about male-oriented conditions? Yeah, good point. So again, we'll go back to modifiable risk factors is what we'll call them. And these are conditions that we can change as individuals. And that can include your dieting, can include the amount that you exercise. And then of course, going back to smoking and drinking alcohol. Those are all things that we can counsel uh, patients on regularly when they see us for their physicals. For family history, nothing that we can really do about that, but it's certainly things that we will pay attention to. So certainly for men who may have a more significant family history of adenocarcinomas, those are the men that we will start to screen earlier for prostate cancer screening. Colon cancer screening is also adjusted for significant family histories due to genetic conditions. So those screenings will tend to start earlier. So good for us to know a family history because, again, we can adjust our, our screening for those patients. When we talk about those things that are within our control, like watching intake of alcohol or tobacco, adjusting our diet as need be, 
maybe talk a little bit, please, about how a general care physician can, again, be the point person to walk you through what you need to do there. Yeah, so I think in primary care, we have the luxury of really getting to know our patients and hopefully they get to know us and feel comfortable with us. So they will tend to open up and may admit to some of those unhealthy lifestyle choices that they may be making. And with those admissions, we can start to counsel them and offer them assistance as to what we can do to get them on track for a more healthy lifestyle. So for instance, smoking cessation, we're happy to talk about different ways to help patients quit smoking, whether it may be pharmacological or a smoking cessation class. I think those are, you know, simple things that we often forget about as patients, but things that the uh, primary care providers can remind their patients on an annual basis. And over time, those reminders add up and we do see positive effects, meaning that patients will tend to adjust their behavioral habits. Another advantage of seeing the same doctor on a regular basis is, of course, referrals. In case you have to see a specialist, you may need a referral or you may prefer one. And I suppose in your position as the physician, you're more comfortable making those when you know someone and have been treating them for a while, right? Yeah, a couple points there. One, when we walk into a room, you know, inherently you know your patient. You know their history. Of course, we always have an electronical medical record right there with us. But there are things that will be triggered in the exam that will say, oh, I remember we talked about that a couple years ago. And then we can go back, pull that record and really discuss that visit and how it's pertaining to the current visit. But of course, certainly referrals. And that's the beauty of practicing at Dooley. You know, we have great relationships with our um, specialty colleagues, and that allows us to really tailor our referrals for our patients. For instance, within your urology, there's multiple different subspecialties. And in our urology department, we have physicians and APPs who are interested in different aspects of men's health. So depending on the patient's issue, we'll send patients to different providers within that same specialty department. A couple of other things. If someone is hesitant going to the doctor because they're fearful of what they may learn, what advice do you offer them to try to overcome that? I try to um, make patients feel comfortable. I think most providers will work with patients and we can do as little or as much as they feel comfortable with doing. Again, this is really a visit that's meant to be in collaboration with the patient's preferences is how they uh, take care of themselves. And finally, just in summary here, doctor, it seems overall one of the real themes of this conversation is the importance of trust of the patient trusting their doctor and vice versa, you trusting that because they've been coming to you regularly that you know how best to treat them, whether it's your own personal approach or that of duly overall, what would you say is the philosophy in establishing that trust with patients in general? It's like any relationship. You know, we want the patients who are seeing us to feel comfortable with us, supported by us during the visit. And, you know, certainly I will always tell patients sometimes uh, physician-patient relationship is just like dating. Sometimes it doesn't work out and certainly we'll counsel patients. We want you to feel comfortable. We want you to 
see a provider that you trust and you know we can help facilitate you seeing that provider that you're most comfortable with. We just want patients to get excellent health care. That's the most important goal. Interesting analogy, kind of like in case it doesn't work out, staying on friendly terms with an ex, right? Everybody leaves friends and you move on. Exactly. Excellent. Well, folks, we trust you're now more familiar with Navigating Men's Health. Dr. Michael Fitzgerald, a pleasure. Thanks so much again. Thank you, Joey. Appreciate it. Same here. And for more information, please visit DooleyHealthAndCare.com. Again, that's D-U-L-Y HealthAndCare.com. Now, if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social media. And thanks again for listening to Duly Noted, a health and care podcast. Hoping your health is good health. I'm Joey Wallace.